G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. We're going to be talking about equipping believers. Equipping believers. Sometimes uh, when you read that passage there in the book of Ephesians, uh, we talk about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And to talk through some of these issues today, Peter Van Dong is joining us. Peter's the Australian connection to the worldwide ministry called Hope for the Heart. 35 years, a minister of the gospel, and these days uh, taking up another challenge Uh, bringing Bible-based counsel for hurting people and also resources to empower Christians to disciple. Hello, Peter. Welcome along to 2020. Neil, it's great to be with you. Peter, I want to invite our listeners to be a part of our conversation today. So opening the talkback lines, uh, we're going to talk about equipping believers. Now, I know that there'll be some who'll say, well, uh, you know, isn't that a long process? Some will say it's a lifelong process uh, becoming equipped, and I'm sure there are new levels to go to. But I want to invite listeners to perhaps join our conversation and uh, give some comment on how important foundations really are. And uh, whether you've got a story of your own, you might have your own story. Well, I, you know, I missed out on early discipleship and it disrupted some things in my Christian walk. Well, how do you know that you are equipped and confident as a believer to help others? Uh, you can call us, be a part of our conversation today. 1-800-880-876 is our number. Uh, Peter, let's talk about equipping believers because uh, this is really the heart of what it comes to being a discipler and uh, also to being a disciple. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, the role of a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, as you've already indicated. Uh, It's always a challenge to try to convince people uh, to do something that they don't necessarily want to do. Or or they don't know. Or don't know that... They really need to do. Um, you know, when when we first become Christians, if if we are not proactive in seeking to understand, firstly, what's happened to us when we were converted, uh, what Christ has done and is seeking to do in our lives, what the whole purpose of conversion has been, um, which is basically to conform us to the image of himself, um, to put his nature on display in his created world. Uh, and then secondly, to understand some of the wounds and hurts that we might be carrying and actively seek to deal with those. Um, because the dilemma is that as years go on, uh, we believe we've become mature Christians, but we may simply be baby Christians who are a little bit older. Yes. Well, let's just enlarge on this for us a little because this is an important aspect because sometimes it's in the thinking of Christians that once you get to a point where you believe, 
And for many, that means you've said a sinner's prayer and uh, those around you acknowledge that, wow, you're leaving your old life behind and uh, something new has begun, this new creation in Christ. And uh, you've said a sinner's prayer and all of a sudden, ah, it's all over. You're, you're there. You've, you've got a, a ticket to heaven. We've arrived. But what you're saying is, hang on a second, there's a discipleship process and you also brought in an extra dimension there and says there's baggage that we have had before in our lives that needs to be dealt with. So actually getting to a point where you are in some ways uh, on a pathway to uh, to that uh, uh, renewal place where you can say, you know, God has dealt with these things in my life. Uh, there is a, uh, there's a journey there, isn't there? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, being a pastor, uh, you can easily convince yourself that you've arrived rather than the fact that you're on this this journey. And unless we're proactive in terms of personal discipleship, that is a personal connection with the Lord and, and being proactive about understanding what he's done and the purpose for which he's done it, and then uh, seek to align ourselves with that purpose and, uh, and daily seek to uh, become conformed to his image, that is, putting his nature on display, uh, and and that involves service, that the whole equipping, uh, so that we're authentic. You know, I heard an illustration many years ago about people who give their lives to Christ and then take no other effort uh, in becoming discipled. And the illustration was something like this uh, by way of a, a metaphor, I guess, uh, the idea of having given birth to a deformed baby. There is a sense in which uh, that doesn't necessarily line up with uh, our status before God because when we come to him uh, by faith, by his grace, we're we're fully saved. But there is a sense, isn't there, that if we don't get those things sorted out in our lives, uh, then we can go through uh, with the limp, uh, feeling a little bit as though we're awkward through our whole Christian experience because we've not been discipled properly. And not ultimately reach our potential in Christ. But the scripture refers to that kind of thing as carnality. That is, we we want a ticket to heaven, but we don't necessarily want to become conformed to the image of his son. So there's a conformity to the patterns of this world that we need to be aware of and then able to, at a point of maturity, say no to those things and be conformed to the things of Christ. Christ. That's it. Okay, so when you're at this point where you're a believer, uh, you'll, I'm just inviting our listeners to uh, to perhaps catch a hold of this and uh, call and be a part of our conversation today, just how important it is to get those foundations right. Now, a lot of people go through early discipleship classes. Uh, for people who don't go through an early discipleship class, are they missing out on something? Absolutely. Um, because the foundations, as you indicated, were are so important, whether it's a building or whether it's uh, our journey as a believer and getting those foundations right. In other words, our understanding of what's happened to us as a, uh, at the point of being born again and then to understand uh, the purpose, God's purpose for that, seeing... Uh, seeing the thing through God's eyes rather than simply through our own. 
Oftentimes on 2020 and on the Vision Radio Network in many other programs, we'll talk about being a trustworthy resource so that people can tune in and what they hear, they can be trust, they can trust the sorts of things they're hearing. When we talk about the sorts of resources that we have been exposed to in our early discipleship, the types of books that we might read apart from the Bible, uh, even the preacher that we're listening to on a Sunday, all of these things are important in, in actually helping to mould us into the Christian believer that we ought to be as a follower yeah, of Christ. That's right. Um, and the great thing today is that there are just so many more resources and uh, than there were uh, 40, 50 years ago when I was converted. Uh, no, 60 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you lost count. <laughs> so um, so there's no reason why uh, we shouldn't be able to access something in terms of a DVD or a CD or, 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 a, or books or a program uh, that is available to enable us to, uh, to both understand and to fulfil uh, the purpose for which we're, uh, we've been called in Christ. These days, of course, we can just go to our computer and we can Google a lot of resources. Oh, absolutely. And uh, those are very useful too. But how important is it, if you are just Googling resources, if you're a new Christian, uh, to actually have some sort of oversight and uh, guidance when it comes to the sorts of things that you might be uh, using as a foundation? It's really important that um, you go to your local pastor and talk to them and get some direction and guidance in this. And the pastor of a healthy church will uh, certainly be on top of of that and be able to guide and uh, and give direction as to what's helpful and what might be harmful. Is it a fair thing to say that it's not just the resource that you might be accessing uh, to get those early discipleship foundations, but when you talk about the oversight of a pastor, there's a whole lot more happens when you're actually actively then becoming involved in works of service, uh, opportunities for outreach, uh, all of these other areas that actually help to uh, mould us as Christian believers. Any pastor worth his salt is, um, is looking for the giftings that exist in people's lives and the stage at which they're at uh, in their Christian walk and experience and seeking to align um, opportunities of ministry uh, with those gifts and that level of maturity. And so uh, pastoral oversight um, is a very important element of early discipleship. So when we talk about equipping the saints, equipping the believers, we're actually talking about that in the context, and i as we come back to the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 4 there too, we're talking about ministries of the church. And uh, as I recall that scripture, and it's not open in front of me, but uh, when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts to the church of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers oh. for the equipping of the believers, the equipping yep. of the saints to the work of the ministry. So the context of actually being discipled does happen under an oversight. It does. And... Uh, and those people are God's representatives. And uh, now they're on a similar journey. Uh, as a pastor, I just got the privilege of uh, spending time in the Word, uh, being personally discipled before I disciple others, and uh, the privilege of representing a congregation. But uh, um, 
so it's really important that the pastors aren't just holy men and uh, and and then there's the also reigning congregation. It's really a journey together uh, and uh, uh, just, you know, mutually discipling and encouraging one another. But pastors are, and, and evangelists, if you've got the gift of evangelism, that is just a wonderful gift of the church. It's interesting that how do you recognize that you have those gifts apart from having someone who has some oversight over you that can identify what those giftings are and then to help the to to equip you most of the time we identify our giftings through uh reflecting or others reflecting what they see in us now there are particular courses that we can undertake to determine uh, our personality profiles, our giftings, etc. And it's, it's great that they're available today so that people can just ac- access them and it's worth for any church member to go to their pastor and, and uh, indicate that they'd like to explore that. You know, interestingly, when you talk about that, because sometimes I get the feeling uh, when I talk to people that it's the pastor who's trying to put pressure on people to actually do these things. You're putting the shoe on the other foot and you're saying, well, you know, don't let the pastor off the hook too easily, letting him just preach that message on a Sunday. Actually go and hound him a little, uh, squeeze him, get the best out of him because he's there to benefit you in this early discipleship process. Absolutely. And it's really important that we are proactive. I mean, as parents, it's great if we've got uh, a teachable child who who comes and and wants to learn, etc. As a teacher, it's great to have uh, teachable kids in your in your classroom. Um, it's very difficult if you don't have them, and they're very resistant. And so, it's tough for a pastor if it appears that he's pushing and others are resisting. But if and the scriptures indicate that we need to be proactive. In, the, in this whole issue of becoming effective ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Well, Peter Van Dong is our guest. He's the Australian connection to the worldwide ministry called Hope for the Heart. And you can be a part of our conversation today. We are talking about equipping believers. We're talking about early discipleship. And I want to follow through with you, Peter. You mentioned the idea of being teachable. I want to ask you a few things about the sorts of people that are typically in a congregation and some of the issues that you've got to look out for, that you've got to nip in the bud. And I know one that you are uh, interested in talking about today is the idea of a critical spirit. We'll come back and we'll talk some more about that in just a short while. You can be a part of our conversation. Why don't you call us? 1-800-880-876. Our talkback line is open. 1-800-880-876. Good to have you with us. Neil Johnson with you on 2020. Our special guest this hour is Peter Van Dong. He's face-to-face with me in the studio, a man who has spent his life leading Christian people through his Christian church ministry and these days concentrates on helping churches develop their lay ministry programs. You can be a part of our conversation, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Peter, just in that last segment, we started talking about the types of people who are in Uh, church life, people who are Christian believers, not everybody is as teachable as uh, the ordinary pastor might like. Uh, Some people are very critical of everything that goes on in church. That's true. And and there are reasons often why people are critical. They uh, may have grown up 
in in a home where they were um, subjected uh, by their parents uh, to a great deal of criticism, etc. And so uh, criticism becomes a defence mechanism in a sense. And so sometimes people are, are critical uh, defensively so that you don't get too close to them or, or whatever. But in a point of fact, they're setting themselves up as the judge and, and jury, and that's really difficult within a church environment. And so it's important uh, to try to constructively, uh, pastorally deal with those kinds of issues. Otherwise, if you don't deal with them, they just simply continue on. I suspect that it is a great virtue to be insightful, uh, but it is actually a great downfall to be a, a critic in the way that you're talking about, a person who has a critical spirit. Uh, there is a sense, isn't there, that you want people to have insights. You want them to be able to talk about the things of God, uh, the the dealings of God in their life, the dealings of God in their church, and even pointing out uh, weaknesses in church life, but without getting to a point where you become a critic of the church, which actually is a negative. Discernment is a really important element, uh, and often discernment is a, associated with maturity and experience. Um, but if people genuinely have discernment, then they will uh, be encouragers rather than critics and seek to bring about change uh, through encouragement and exhortation rather than through criticism. And, of course, we need to be taught these things. They don't always happen automatically. That's true. Uh, and we need to be made aware of the fact that there are alternatives to being critical. You can be a part of our conversation, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Our talkback line is open, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Let's hear from Tony in Sydney. Hello, Tony. Welcome to 2020. Yeah, hi, Neil. How are you, mate? I'm really well, thanks, Tony. And what's your contribution to our discussion today, talking about equipping believers? Yeah, I just want to ask, you know, you just spoke about this sermon right now because I come out of a movement that was... Um, it was part of the heavy shepherding movement, and I really did not have the discernment to realize that um, it was all about control. So just, just for people out there who do have a heart to serve the Lord, to have the freedom to serve the Lord in, in what the Scriptures say, so how, how would someone discern if the past of the church just wants complete control over someone's life? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Peter, what are your thoughts on the, the controlling influence that uh, some people experience in their church life? Uh, this is a real issue for many people, and it's sad because really a healthy church has an empowering leadership rather than a controlling one. And uh, and if folk are in a controlling environment, uh, they need to take some initiative to, uh, to explore uh, whether their discernment in relation to that control is real or not. Uh, then seek to address that if it's possible. Um, sometimes the controlling people are just not responsive at all. Um, uh, and then they need to seek the Lord as to how how they go about dealing with that as far as their continuing fellowship 
within that kind of a congregation. And I guess accountability for the leader uh, to someone who might be a little up the ladder who can actually have some insight into that particular church. Let me just yeah. ask, uh, Tony, was that your experience in the controlling atmosphere there, that there wasn't someone above the pastor that people could actually go to and uh, refer a complaint? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it wasn't really a council. There wasn't really any elders or anything. It was just one man controlling all. Yeah, yeah, and and of course, if you get that situation, you're almost on the verge of uh, of recognizing something that you might call. And I wouldn't like to uh, cast an aspersion here, but you might even get to that sort of level of being a cult leader if you have no accountability. Uh, no one's there keeping a check and a balance on you. So uh, there are challenges there, aren't there? The challenge for pastors is that in in various denominations, um, the pastor or the priest is the the controlling type person, and uh, in other denominations, the elders are appointed to be uh, those who are the decision makers. In other denominations, the congregation has the final authority, um, but it and it's very difficult to hold leaders accountable unless there's a voluntary accountability and any pastor worthy salt ought to establish a framework uh, that uh, that has voluntary accountability associated with it. Otherwise, that control mechanism can get out of hand and it becomes hurtful rather than helpful. While Tony's still with us, Tony, let me ask you about this sort of control because one of the images that you have of a shepherd is that the shepherd has a a crook, Uh, you know, the the sort of hook that, uh, you know, is uh, symbolically there uh, sort of, you know, to reach out and to pull the sheep back into line when they're going astray. There is a sense, isn't there, Tony, that uh, that people do uh, in leadership roles oftentimes uh, give people that gentle nudge or they use that crook and they pull them back into line. Uh, with the sort of control you're talking about, are you talking about more serious levels of control, uh, you know, telling people what they should do with their money, uh, how they should invest it, uh, those sorts of things? Very similar to that. So I do understand the staff is the staff of correction and direction. So as a shepherd of the flock, I believe, you know, is, is, is to point us to Christ and to make proper followers of Jesus. So um, it, the kind of control I was, I was, um, I got saved into, it was very subtle. It wasn't, you know, in order to, to, to rise up into ministry, there has to be, you know, um, it's very limited. It, it, it's focused on one thing. So if Christ puts something upon someone's heart to to go forth and to expand something for his kingdom, um, in this kind of environment, it's not possible. So they, it's one it's one dimensional, and the the shepherd of that of that congregation gets the last say. So it's like you either submit to headship, that's what they call it, under spiritual covering, or you're a rebel. Mm. And uh, it could come down too to the different ways that churches actually govern uh, yep. with uh, pastors and elders, as you've already mentioned, Peter. But Tony from Sydney, thanks so much for your input today on 2020. Great to hear from you. Thanks, Bill. Uh, we'll come back and we'll continue our conversation. You can be a part of our conversation. We are talking about equipping believers. How important to you are the foundations of your Christian walk? How do you know that you are well-equipped and that you're confident? 
as a believer to help others. We're talking through these issues. Peter Van Dong is our guest. Peter is responsible for the for the Australian arm of the worldwide ministry called Hope for the Heart. And we'll talk some more about those resources in just a short while. Do stay with us. We'll continue with some more in just a few moments here on 2020. It's Neil with you on this Wednesday edition of 2020. And how's that for timeliness with the way that Bob Gass... Uh, brings those uh, devotions, uh, today's devotion, certainly in line with what we are talking about today. Peter Van Dong is our guest. We're talking about equipping believers. Uh, Some versions of the Bible say equipping the saints for the work of ministry, equipping believers to serve and to help others. Uh, That's an interesting little overview, and uh, we've been listening in to Bob Gass just while Bob was uh, bringing that devotion there, but um, it is an accurate illustration. The pastor doesn't actually have a an easy job, Peter. It's a challenging one, um, and it's really important that you have a sense of call, uh, and that takes you through some of the difficult times. But I, just in reflecting, um, as a pastor of two churches over thirty years, uh, I didn't experience, you know, enormous challenges. And I was just so grateful for the congregations that I had. One of the important things, nevertheless, is that if you've got somebody expressing a concern, that you listen carefully as a pastor and uh, that you take on board um, the important things and um, make adjustments where they're, they're necessary rather than being reactionary. I liked what Bob was saying just at the end there. He said, uh, well, the pastor's got a difficult job. What's your job if you are the person who's a part of the congregation? Well, love your pastor. Absolutely. I, I suspect the graciousness that uh, the pastor will likely bring to so many circumstances, uh, a certain return of graciousness uh, is going to be something that will be much appreciated by the leader. Again, we were talking about critical spirit and and uh, encouragement, and the issue of encouragement or the approach of encouragement is uh, a much better tool for uh, bringing about any kind of change that we might want than 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 criticism. And so, loving your pastor, if you love him, you love you back. And we should say, uh, love him or love her, her, because I yeah. uh, don't want to be uh, you know, accused of sexism when it comes to the way we talk about pastors, Absolutely. because uh, while there might have traditionally been an overabundance of uh, male leaders, there are certainly a growing number of wonderful female pastors, too, in so many different denominations. And they've got so much to contribute, and, uh, and more than half our congregations often are women. Men don't necessarily speak in the same idiom, etc., uh, they make such a wonderful contribution to our ministry teams, and it's great to have ministry teams in many of our congregations today. We've been talking about equipping believers. How important to you are foundations? Why don't you call us, tell us about your early discipleship, what were the great foundations that you can recount? Maybe you're brave enough to say, well, I've been a Christian for 20 years and I didn't have any early foundations and it's affected the way I live my life now. Why don't you call us and be a part of our conversation? one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six is the number. one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Peter, let's talk about the resource that you represent called Hope for the Heart. Uh, tell us about the foundations of that resource and why it's so popular around the world. 
Anil, uh, in in two thousand, uh, I had uh, a church. We bought a Commonwealth Bank building. We turned it into a community centre, uh, and uh, we were providing welfare and listening ear ministry and so on. And I really wanted to find a resource to equip the people who were fulfilling those roles and serving in that capacity. Now, I'd previously established in our denomination uh, a counselling service, but uh, the training there was a three-year training course, and our folk weren't ready to do a three-year training course. Mm. Um, I'd brought Gary Collins to Australia, but uh, he had started from a psychology base and sought to harmonise that with the scriptures. But the language there was still very technical and wasn't user-friendly as far as our people were concerned. I attended the Billy Graham Congress of Evangelism in Amsterdam, 11,000 delegates from 210 countries, uh, a wonderful experience. And in the resource centre there, uh, Hope for the Heart had a display. And I invited them. Uh, I saw the value of the material and uh, really wanted to access it and so invited them to Australia, and in turn um, they uh, gave me the reproduction distribution rights for Australia, and uh, I found the material user-friendly, helpful, um, particularly for lay people who want to have a productive people-helper ministry within the congregation or within their community. So in a nutshell, describe the resources, how they are available, because there are books, there are uh, there are uh, CD series. Uh, just, uh, just quickly, what sort of uh, uh, materials are available that people could get a hold of so far as a resource goes? Um, we've got um, a CD. Um, June Hunt was one of... Uh, the daughter of the richest oil tycoon in in America, um, um, Mr. Hunt, and uh, she was also one of 130 pastors at First Baptist Church, Dallas. Uh, she began to prepare, uh, prepare material on various topics from a biblical base uh, for to address the needs of some of the people in her congregation, 25,000 members. And uh, she was so effective that it was suggested that she go on Talkback Radio. She's been on Talkback Radio for 25 years in the United States and she has a team of 100 people who put these resources together. Uh, The topics in the States are sent out as little booklets uh, on a particular theme. Um, We didn't have a radio program uh, here, so uh, apart from yours, and uh, so uh, I arranged with Word Search in the United States to put their material into a CD along with the Word Search program and 200 books and uh, we had that available uh, from our website for $75 and uh, it's it's a five-volume set if you put it into mm. a print. Uh, uh, just a wonderful resource and uh, user-friendly for pastors, chaplains, uh, missionaries and lay people in terms of ministry. Okay, so when we talk about people who are involved in, say, men's ministry, women's ministry, uh, children's ministry, uh, is it useful in all of those different areas? Like school teachers who are now facing 
parents with uh, major and children with major issues and trying to understand them, uh, people ministering in our churches uh, find that immediately that they begin to oversight uh, certain areas, people will come with their issues and they need some reference point. Uh, I found that people who are good people helpers uh, in in terms of their personality and their giftings often uh, are a bit retiring in terms of getting involved in interaction with others because they fear that they don't know what would know what to say. These resources provide them with a security because it gives an overview, a simple overview. They're succinct but uh, they're comprehensive. We will talk some more. Uh, you can call us, be part of our conversation today. Our talkback line open on 1-800-880-876. Tell us about your early foundations in discipleship. Uh, how did you know when you were equipped enough to be able to share with others, knowing that you were confident as a Christian believer to help others? Why don't you call us 1-800-880-876. That's 1-800-880-876. It's Neil with you on 2020. We're talking through the issue equipping believers or equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And where do you fit in that process? We've been talking about early discipleship found foundations in our lives that will actually stay with us through our whole Christian walk. Uh, Peter Van Dong is our guest. He's the Australian Connection to the Worldwide Ministry of Hope for the Heart. We've been talking about some of the resources, biblical resources, that actually help you to get a grip on a biblical idea of how you approach particular issues. It so happens we've been talking about this issue, Peter, of having a critical spirit. Uh, some of us might have a critical spirit and uh, maybe we've just discerned that that might be the case and need to do, do something about it. Others of us will know someone in Christianity, in our church life, who are very much like that. Not just discerning, not just someone who has insight, but someone who actually takes it the whole way and is critical about everything that happens in church life. If you were talking about that particular issue, uh, what sort of light does some of the Hope for the Heart resource shed on this particular issue? Well, each of the topics is structured in a particular way and uh, I've found it really helpful. There's an introduction uh, to the theme uh, where June says, periodically someone in your life assumes the position of heavenly sandpaper. This person is an expert at finding fault, no matter how minute and focusing on it, and so she goes on. And then she deals with definitions. Uh, What's a critical spirit and what is encouragement? And uh, so she deals with definitions and then characteristics or symptoms. So she'll deal with uh, nine differences between a critical spirit and a caring spirit. And then uh, she looks at causes. So each of the topics, definitions, characteristics, causes um, uh, of a critical spirit And uh, then she'll deal with steps to solution. And she has a key verse, a key passage. Uh, The key passage is outlined. um, As in this particular case, uh, the key verse is, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And then the key passage is that passage in James chapter 3, which talks about the tongue. And then in Steps to Solution, 
she has some uh, suggestions on how we might approach this particular issue of becoming an encourager rather than a critic. And I read this on about a monthly basis just to reorientate myself because I'm naturally a critic um, and to get away from discerning to being uh, an encourager. So are some of these resources useful in a small group setting too? If you've got a group of friends around or if you're part of a particular study group and you want to be able to talk about issues and a biblical foundation for those, are they useful in that setting? Some years ago, the issue of euthanasia was really at the forefront of our news. And In fact, it still is, but uh, yeah, sure. And uh, I looked at all the counselling material I had and it was only Hope for the Heart that dealt with this issue of euthanasia. And so I had a... a small group leader who wanted to talk about it and uh, so we were able to run copies of this off because it deals with definitions, characteristics, causes and steps to solution, uh, all from a biblical base and uh, they found that so helpful. Now tell me about some more of the topics that are covered in uh, some of the material there that you have in Hope for the Heart. Uh, there's a there's a hundred key topics that are, that are covered. Hundred topics: adoption, adultery, aging, alcohol and drug abuse, anger, anorexia and bulimia, uh, atheism and agnosticism, um, childhood sexual abuse, communication, conflict resolution, confrontation, critical spirit, decision making, depression, divorce, euthanasia, uh, financial freedom, forgiveness, friendship. And, and so it goes on. Is it the case that in those hundred odd topics there, that uh, if you actually had a good uh, grip on those from a biblical perspective, then you would look a pretty good, well-rounded uh, Christian believer, ready to serve, ready to be able to be helpful to others? Absolutely. It, it, it moulds you and it also gives you a confidence about sharing constructively with other people. A lot of people will say, well, this is the sort of stuff I hear in church on Sunday. Uh, is that enough? Uh, I guess you're talking about having a resource that you can flick to or click on and, and have it at your fingertips. Well, yes, but we have devotions every day or ought to as believers. So we need to build on uh, what we're receiving uh, at church. And, um, and I have found these to be really helpful in giving me an insight into what issues are and how to constructively deal with them in my own life and then, of course, to be able to share that with others. And the great thing is that I'm able to give something to people because often people don't remember what you've necessarily told them, but if they can process it themselves uh, under the guidance of the mighty counsellor, it's a much more effective tool. Tell me about gaps in discipleship. I mean, there are foundations that we understand when we you know, do a Bible study about our salvation. Uh, and we've got a hundred points there on a list there of those things that if you can resolve those, you'll be a pretty well-rounded uh, Christian believer and uh, actively involved in a whole lot of different areas. Uh, there's going to be gaps, aren't there? And sometimes the gap in your own life uh, doesn't get dealt with in your local church or even on the radio or whatever. It doesn't happen straight away. So having the resource helps you fill those gaps. Well, this is much more comprehensive, you see. And uh, so, but the other thing is that... Uh, you'll be attracted to the topic that is particularly relevant to you. 
uh, I've been attracted to the topics that have been particularly relevant to me and found them really helpful. Now, let's talk about resources that people might already have on their bookshelf. Now, not, not to detract from the resource we're talking about here, and we'll talk some more about that, but, uh, but sometimes we've got a study Bible at home, uh, has devotions in it. Uh, sometimes there's a Bible on our bookshelf that has uh, all sorts of good guidance in there for understanding some of the deeper issues of Scripture. Uh, in, encouragement for us, Peter, on, on what people might already have at their fingertips and not utilizing to their fullest extent. Well, I think you've put it very well. Uh, the, uh, the fact is that often we do, and we uh, spend more time in front of the television set than we do in accessing uh, those resources that really would um, be formative in our Christian development and life. And so uh, we're just encouraging folk this morning to access and utilise uh, what they have on their shelf again. You know, we're, we're being reminded about things we already know. We are. And wonderful to also have a daily devotion that we talked about. Yeah. And uh, as you say, some of these sorts of resources also, for some, become a, a, an extended part of their daily devotion when they're wanting something deeper but a good biblical foundation to it. Word for today is great. Um, but um, there are so many other resources that can enable us to go deeper in our Christian life and experience. And so it's just a matter of being proactive in exploring these. And if you don't know which best, then knock on your pastor's door and encourage him to encourage you. Peter, these days you are travelling and you are invited to many churches. Uh, you do some interim uh, work as well, uh, helping churches go through transition stages. Uh, when you are invited to go along and present uh, information about uh, training and equipping uh, believers, what sort of response are you getting? Are people enthusiastic about being equipped to uh, to be deeper in their in their Christian walk? By and large, you're only invited when people are enthusiastic. Yes. Uh, but uh, um, I've been really encouraged with the groups that I've worked with. Sometimes you come to churches who are not aware of what's out there or what's available, uh, or they're not aware of um, the strengths and the work areas uh, as far as their church is concerned. And so making them aware of the fact that they can tap into uh, church health and identify uh, areas where they might not be as strong as they need to be in order to be a healthy church, then um, it takes a little while for them to come on board sometimes with that. I guess churches, healthy churches, are made up of uh, healthy believers, and that's a that's a one by one process, isn't it? Uh, it's not just a all of a sudden. Uh, it's like <laughs> excusing the expression abracadabra, a, a healthy bunch of people. There's a one by one process. Yes, but healthy churches are generally made up of healthy leaders, and uh, then the healthy leaders will impact and model and impact their congregations. And as we said, not in a controlling way, but in a way which uh, I think you uh, you used another uh, expression. Empowering. Uh, an empowering way. And, uh, Absolutely. Um, any, any mature leader doesn't need to control. Uh, they recognise that in the final analysis, Jesus is... is the controlling influence and 
Um, they seek to equip. I mean, that's what they've been given the task to do, and it, and that equipping is empowering for ministry. Uh, and if you're controlling, m- maybe you're reflecting an insecurity that ought not to be there. Okay, equipping the saints. That's what we've been talking about through this past hour or equipping believers for the work of ministry and reflecting there on Ephesians chapter 4. Peter Van Dong is the Australian connection for this worldwide ministry called Hope for the Heart. It's got two dimensions. That's counsel for people who are hurting so that they've got a capacity to be able to draw on that resource, uh, to be able to uh, fix some of those things. And we've talked about this a little earlier, the baggage that we sometimes carry into our Christian walk. And then there's the resources to empower Christians uh, to disciple. Tell me, Peter, about the website where people can get some more information about this resource. Our website is case dot com dot au that's www dot hope for the heart dot com dot au and the resources that we've been talking about uh, there's uh, there's books one called counseling through your bible handbook uh, and various other resources from hope for the heart and they're available from uh, good christian bookstores as well talking about kurong or word both have the, them And and they have June Hunt's uh, other books as well. Peter Van Dong, thank you so much for being with us today on 2020. Neil, it's been a pleasure. Vision is a listener-supported station and being an Extra Mile partner is a great way to support the work. Learn more at... Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.